This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Red. The N stands for nerd. His favorite movie is books. Securities and advisory service offered through KMS Financial Services. Every day, millions of Americans suffer from extreme repulsiveness. Someone in our midst is bringing that problem to light. This is Smart Investing with, with Michael J. Red. I like him as a friend and everything, but I'd never go out with him. He's like a little sister to me. For I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you the one, the only. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Red. Well, hello, everybody. You are listening live to this show, Smart Investing. I'm Mike Wren, your host, spelled W-R-E-N. I've been in the industry 21 years now, and I've been on the air for eight, all of those eight I think 8.4 years I've been with uh, Mr. Chris here on my right, the producer. Yes. That's a long time. I've told you that's a common law marriage. Yeah. I think uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn got married before we did. (laughs) Excuse me. So anyway, we've been on the air a long time. I've been in the industry a long time. And this has nothing to do with, it has a little bit to do with the industry, but I bet you that there's somebody in this studio besides me that's awfully happy with the weather today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But still, I think it's a trick. Okay. I well, think it's the sun's trick to try and get us out, and then it well, rains on us. excuse me. Uh, Chris is still doing some show stuff, and I talked to him a little bit too soon. He's clicking his mouse, and you can think of <laughs> God I, bless I, it. No. Mike, quit talking to me exactly now. I can do both. <laughs> so this weather's glorious. It's a little bit cold. But it's glorious. I'll take it because it's not snowing. Yes. Snow and hail. Yeah. Did you just cuss? Hell? No. No, hail. Hail. <laughs> and it's actually a good timing, too, because it's uh, Earth Day downtown. There's oh. like the little block in front of Merlin's there on uh, Main. Yeah. Main and Division where they just close that whole block off. Earth and... Day. So is there pork rinds there or elephant ears or yes, anything like that's that? exactly Sweet. what I, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Fair food. When oh, it's, fair food. I got to tell you, my body kicks into fair food uh, gear. You know, every now and then you get that that sense of smell, and it's just the right temperature. And yeah, there's certain things that remind you of the fair. Well, no, I just it's weather. It's the weather is nice. I'm tired of eating my own cooking, and and it's just okay. I'm tired of eating even at the restaurants that I typically go to. I'm ready for some really horrible food. Yes. Uh, I mean, the greasy elephant ear, a corn dog that's not done all the way through, uh, kettle corn where the guy stirring the kettle corn vat is dripping sweat into the kettle corn as they're stirring oh, yeah. it. I'm ready for that. It's just I'm in the mood. You know, speaking of speaking <laughs> of uh, food that's probably not good for you, um, a couple of friends of mine picked me up. Uh, Rick and Devin, in case you're listening, hi. Uh, they're not. And, I know. They're- Actually, I think Rick is. <laughs> Rick might be. Other people will tell Devin things, and then he'll pretend like he listened. Uh, they took me to Five Guys, that Burgers and Fries place. Up on the South Hill? Or? Uh, there's one on the South Hill, and there's one out in the Valley, too. Where's it out in the Valley? Uh, it's out where Blockbuster used to be, but now it's like Fred Meyer. Why don't you try uh, a street? I don't know streets. Oh, it's, crying out. You know, it's the same street you go down you know, to like buy Walmart and Fred Meyer. Gotcha. And okay. okay, finally. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was like five bucks for a burger, but it was Mission. gigantic. Mission. Yeah. I mean. Sullivan. Okay. There you go. I, 
You know what? Here's the frightening part is I, I used to be an EMT and I always was frightened that I would be the first one to get there because if they name street names, I'm like, oh, where's the map? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. GPS on phones has been my best friend forever. But yeah, that was really good and just extremely big. I mean, one of those you have to squish it down to fit in your mouth type of thing. Sweet. It was nice, though. And you remember, you know, you go to Domini's and they always fill the bag up with popcorn. Yeah. They did this with fries. So you've got, like, your burger, and then you have to eat the fries down to get to your burger. Dear diary, I have just been told about a little slice of heaven. A little Here. slice of heaven, yeah. <laughs> they filled the bag with fries? Filled the bag with fries. And, yeah. I, well, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> You're that hungry? Well, no, it just, thank you, God. You know, bag of fries. Come you want to taste angel wings, though. Let me tell you this. Denny's. <laughs> Has this this thing? I'm not even sure what to call it. Yeah, but it's like a vanilla sundae. It's just vanilla, and then they put bits of bacon and maple syrup in it. Is it good? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! It's like a bacon sundae. It's probably one of the worst things ever to eat. But oh man, sweet! Oh, it was it was heaven. Okay, everybody, shall we start the show? <laughs> People are driving around. What the hell is this show? Smart investing, and they're talking oh. about food. Are we on? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I've been in the industry a long time, and we've been on the air a long time. And let me tell you, I bet you that most of you listening to this show right now, you see the sun, and you finally realize, oh, thank goodness, winter didn't last forever. <laughs> didn't you have a little bit of that in you today? I had it yesterday when I was scraping three inches of snow off my car. Okay, but today you probably are thankful. You can probably see, oh, finally, I knew this day would come. I just didn't know when. That's the way I was feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are that way. When I was driving down here to the studio, they've got their windows open. They've got a little bit of music going. And for the people that... God knows why drive with the dogs on their laps. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, you don't see that in Hilliard so much, but the South Hill, you see it a lot. You see it out in the valley a lot, too. Do you? Yeah. I mean, what the heck? Like, the dog isn't going, well, what the hell? You're just driving. You might as well eat, text, read well, a book. Yeah, I don't mind if you and, take your dog as long as he sits well, in the passenger seat. But when he's yeah. on your lap, what's the difference between that and texting? Yeah. It's the dogs licking you while you're driving. That just doesn't sound good. So anyway, back to investing. (laughs) You probably realize that winter didn't last for forever. You knew it wasn't going to last all year, but it seemed like it. And I bring that up because a lot of people, I have a feeling, feel that way about investing or their portfolio or their retirement, their financial future. Any way you want to slice that sentence or slice that feeling, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that way. Because look at if we've had the coldest spring on record here locally, so I've been told, if we don't hit 60 today or 60 tomorrow, it's been the coldest spring since they've been keeping weather records in the 1800s. All right. Okay? And that's when they used to light, you know, cow poop on fire for, for heat, I think. Something like that. Or buffalo poop. Something like that. I think you have your history mixed up, but Okay. <laughs> So it's been a long time since it's been this cold. And it's been a long time since the investor, the normal investor on the street was happy. Because when you start out this decade getting shellacked from 2000, 2001, and 2002, 
Did my investors, my clients, get beaten up three years in a row? No, but most people did. Why did most people get beat up three years in a row? Well, because prior to 2000, you had the years 96, 97, 98, 99, which were the go-go years, which people were euphoric, happy. They were greedy. They were making money hand over fist in the market, so they tended to be invested a little bit too aggressively. Therefore, they had their head handed to them 2001 and 02, and even people, unfortunately, that didn't realize that they were investing aggressively, that say they owned a S&P, a Standard & Poor's 500 index fund, they thought that they were invested. Standard & Poor's 500 index fund, well, I'm a guy on the street. I'm thinking that that might be an index fund made up of 500 companies. You're right. And equal slices of those 500 different companies. You're wrong. It's a weighted index. So that index was actually, and still actually is, not all that diversified. It's a weighted index, so say the 20, 30, 40 biggest companies in the S&P 500 are responsible for 80, 90% of the performance, be it up or down. So even people who owned index funds that were really, really making money, they lost money three years in a row, 2001 and 02. Just a death, death blow. People are just killed, slayed. You have 2001. Uh, three, four, five. Okay, those are mediocre years. You're recovering from that, noodling along. Companies are actually under pressure from earnings and so on. Then you get hit with 2007, the rumblings of stuff going on. Then you have 2008. Then the market bottoms at an extreme low in 2009, a 13-year low, March of 2009. And when you combine that, when you go from 2000 and 2009, you start the decade out with three negative years in a row, then you have the second worst market since the Great Depression. It feels like winter in the investment world has lasted for forever. Okay? People still feel that way. Even though we feel the sun coming out today, we feel the warmth. It feels nice. Open a window. feels pretty, pretty darn good. It's still it's still cooler than average in most people's portfolios and in most people's minds of the future, of their own financial future, the future of their investment portfolio, and so on. Unfortunately, they shouldn't be feeling that way because you know when you're looking at the calendar and we're sitting at 28, 29 degrees and it's getting close to the end of April, don't you know that we're pretty much done with freezing temperatures in the middle of the night? Yeah. Okay. That's how I feel looking forward about the markets, that we are pretty much done with the freezing temperatures over in the middle of the night. So over overnight or in the middle of the night for our English-speaking listeners. So what <laughs> am I going investing, the bilingual. <laughs> what am I going to talk about today? I'm going to take a look at a new book called The Big Secret for the Small Investor. It's written by uh, you know, Joel Greenblatt, and he is a professor adjunct for Columbia University, I believe. It's either Columbia or Harvard. He knows what he's doing, He and he has an actual insanely good track record because he's one of those people that teaches after he was successful in my industry, not the other way around. Big uh, difference. Big difference. <laughs> That's why he's an adjunct, is he doesn't need the paycheck from the college per se. He was extraordinarily successful. So we're going to talk about the temperature of the markets instead of the temperature outside. We're going to take a little bit of a look at this book. 
we are going to just hop around and talk about quite a few different things on this show. So, before we go to our first break, let me give you the telephone numbers and the contact information. It's a call-in show, so if you've got a question, a comment, a topic that you want us to cover, by all means, give us a call. Telephone number 509-241-5900. You can also find us on the web at smartinvestingshow.com. You're listening live on News Talk 590 KQNT AM and AM 1280 KPTQ. We'll be right back after a couple of commercials. Any opinions expressed here are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are correct only in the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Security financial instruments or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from any investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Red. You see, I'm in it for the lifestyle as well as the great investment. Yeah, technically, we're doing a couple things on the hush hush from Uncle Sam. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Red. My wife and I are big fans. I just don't get it. That's because you were raised by granola chopping tree people. Hello, everybody. You're back with Smart Investing here live at News Talk 590 KQNT AM and AM 1280 KPTQ. Chris is picking up a caller on the line, so while he's doing that, I would like to give a promo on the show. I would like to very much tell you to go get a coffee today at the Blue Ox Coffee Stand that's at the bottom of the Sunset Hill. Blue Ox Coffee, Rick is the owner. I got to tell you, it's darn, darn good coffee. And what could be better than an iced coffee today, Sunshine? Make it a double. Tell, Tell Rick I sent you so he knows that there's probably more than nine listeners. And we have a caller. Yes, Kevin. Very good. Hey, Kevin, thanks for calling the show. Are you enjoying the weather out there? Yeah, I sure am. Oh, very good. Okay, well, you're in a good mood then, as I am. What's the question? Well, I was just wondering, what do you think of the prospects are for muni bonds? you think they're a good investment these days or not? Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd say that uh, I the reason that I kind of just say yeah right off the cuff is that everybody was and still kind of is scared that there's going to be a lot of defaults in that arena. I'm not one of those people. Number two, about 10% has come out of the municipal bond market, which means that the prices for these things, if you owned a municipal bond mutual fund, I would venture a guess that you, over the last few months, the your value would have dropped by anywhere from 4 to 10%. And that represents some of the risk that initially was in that asset class has come out of that asset class. So that's a good thing. The bad thing is is that you uh, there are still you got to step back for 2 years now, 3 years. 
A tr- almost a trillion dollars went into bond mutual funds of one sort or another, or the bond asset class, whether it was corporate, government, or munis. And all of that money did not unwind out of those asset classes in the last six or nine months. So I would tell you that if you're definitely not a man that wants to own any stock at all, if you're if you're a person that doesn't want to own any stock, don't want to deal because that's where the deals are, frankly. If you don't want to go that route in those asset classes, then I would tell you that to to just be mellow about your investments in muni bonds. In other words, take your time, be methodical. If you're going to be investing in a municipal bond fund, I'd dollar cost average into it. If you're going to be buying individual bonds, Try to look for the best deal that you can because you're definitely investing into a headwind, and the headwind is twofold. People still taking money that they, as soon as the stock market starts doing even a little bit better, people will start moving their money from the bond and fixed income asset class to the stock market. Number two, you've got interest rates pretty much at zero. So it, I don't expect interest rates to, to trend up instantly. But when they're in zero, there's really only one way for them to go. So with those two things in mind, you're still getting a pretty good deal on muni bonds compared to anything that the bank offers you. Uh, I consider a lot of them to just be extraordinarily low risk. So if you're looking for low risk, it definitely beats equity-type investments. But I have to give you the caveat that I've been doing it 21 years, and the deal is in the equities right now. That's where the deals are. But you may not want to take advantage of that because it may just not be in your personality or it may not be what you want to do, which is fine, absolutely fine. Just just be careful when you're going into the muni market because you are investing into somewhat of a headwind probably for the next decade. Hey, uh, don't they, uh, isn't that a possibility with the falling dollar that even if you get a secure 5%, that the falling dollar value will pretty much erase that 5% anyway? Yeah, but you're now you're confusing you're confusing true investing with uh, chicken little syndrome. The falling dollar will help the economy enough because it helps it helps exports. It's not all bad news. Uh-huh. Yeah, so but, but in terms of the muni bonds, well in terms uh, of the muni bonds be the place to be, I guess. Well, it's dollar. kind of like not an issue. The interest rates are much more important than the value of the dollar to you. Uh-huh. Because they're going to directly affect your money. If you own municipal bonds in a fund or individual and the Federal Reserve raises interest rates by a percent, you're going to get kicked in the shins. That's just a mathematical fact. Uh-huh. So that's what you want to pay attention to. That's the most uh, critical. Part. Yes. Yeah. Well, the most critical thing is is what you want your money to do. That's the most critical thing. I mean, if you're definitely risk-averse and you don't want to own equities, then, yeah, municipal bonds are a good second choice. It's just you really have to realize that you're going to – we've got to be a little bit cagey. We don't know when the market will light off, when the economy will start to do extremely well, but it's going to at some point. And when that happens, I don't want your principal to go down. And it's going to. So we try to manage that as best we can with maybe shorter maturities, leaving some money in cash a little bit to invest later on, all sorts of things like that, Kevin. It's just I don't I just don't want you to uh I don't want you to um 
I just don't want you to lose money, even though municipal municipal bonds are definitely a bona fide investment, bona fide good one. And Chris said that you dropped off from your cell, which is totally fine. We got to take a break anyway, so uh, might as well take a break early. All righty. Yeah. Let me let me give a shout out again to Blue Ox Coffee. It's a coffee stand at the bottom of the Sunset Hill. Rick does not know that I am what giving him free promos on the show. He's just a really really nice businessman. Small business coffee shop. When you pull up there, you can see how nice it's done. It's all paved, easy to pull in, easy to pull out. Wicked good coffee. I would say get a double, get a double iced, something like that today when the interior of the car gets warmed up. You don't really want to turn on any too much air, so cool yourself off with a nice coffee. From Blue Ox Coffee, I'm Mike Wren. This is the show Smart Investing. We'll be right back after these messages. No, no, it's crayon. This is Smart Investing. A division of Taliban Enterprises. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Wren. Your thoughts, Tracy Jordan, on how this is going to impact Wall Street. Larry, I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Well, hello again, everybody. You're listening to Smart Investing. I'm Mike Wren, your host, spelled W-R-E-N. Telephone number here to the studio, 509-241-5900. You can find us on the web at smartinvestingshow.com. I was in the bookstore on my way down here trying to find this book. Um, I stopped at Hastings. I didn't have luck finding it. It was probably there. I forgot the author's name, and that always, always foils a person. But I, as I was walking into the store, it's like all of these books with all of this knowledge, no way I can impart that much knowledge over the year. There's no way that I could... Uh, really give it justice to try to figure out how to tell you to do discounted free cash flow valuation of a business. Okay. Is that enough nerd stuff for you? Sure. Wouldn't you like to have a wingman when you invest? I guess is my point. A goose to your maverick. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm just saying that there's so much to know and there's, and at every turning point with all of the news that's out there, there are immeasurable events. Uh, there's an immeasurable an amount of an event of events that are that people base their decisions on. So many times in your life, you're going to have the opportunity to do the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time with your portfolio. Usually, it's based on your emotions, and. I do this show because I want you to succeed. If I've been on the show for eight years and I'm not selling a book full of tapes or a, ta- a tape of a book, <laughs> or you, you know what I'm saying, Chris? I believe DVDs and CDs are the way to go now. Yeah, if you if you Google my name or if you listen to this show, 
there's no sales pitch made. The sales pitch is implied. Yeah, you're a grown-up. You know if you want to work with me, you can call me. That's pretty much it. We try to make the show non-sales pitch because I actually care that you don't get chewed up by your own emotions. You don't get chewed up by my industry. You don't get chewed up by the media. Those three things work against you, unfortunately, yourself, my industry typically, and the media. Those are three pretty powerful negative forces working against you. I know that one of them is yourself, and you're thinking, well, how can I work against myself, Mike? Well, if you panicked out of the markets and your money's still in the bank, there's your sign, man. You just you just absolutely panicked and kept yourself from recovering. What recovery? Well, why don't you pick up a, a Bloomberg Business Week, go to page 49, the most recent one. I love the title of this article. I did not know about this quote from John Bogle until yesterday when I was preparing for the show. John Bogle, by the way, is the founder of Vanguard Funds. Okay, so he's the he's the guy that says, listen, your your money manager isn't going to beat the market hardly ever. The actual number is about 70% of active mutual fund managers don't beat the market. That leaves 30% that do. That's a pretty good chunk. However, finding the 30% that do is quite is just as hard as picking an individual stock to be quite frank. You have to know the people that run the fund, not just their historical performance, what they've done or even what they've done for you lately. Actually in my line of work, what a person's done for you lately, that's kind of the least helpful piece of information that you can right. find. We can all change later, but it's what you did in your past that might it might count a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, but right the, the your the past and the most recent past they're not the best indicators especially the most recent past that's almost a useless indicator in my industry so i digress john bogle founder of vanguard funds here's one of his favorite favorite famous quotes don't just do something stand there now think about it he said don't just do something stand there instead of the normal phrase just don't stand there do something mm. everybody knows it don't you think? I think so. Especially in terms Nike's of... Nike's made millions of money off almost that statement. Yeah, but I mean, especially think of your family. You know, if you're putting up a tent in the rain and, and it's kind of... It implies that there's some sort of urgency. Don't okay. just stand there, do something. Do it. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. It's usually not a phrase that's, hey, man, don't just stand there, do something with, with your life. <laughs> I like how you added that man. Yeah. Hey, man. I just, I, I just imagine some guy leaning back against a building with a Hawaiian shirt on. Oddly enough, that's the vision that I was trying to portray. Okay. You got it. So, But it's not typically a philosophical statement that's like, do something with your life. It's typically got some urgency attached to it that says, don't just stand there, do something. Well, in my industry, that will get you killed. Don't just do something, stand there. The reason he says that is he knows that most of the time you're going to panic out of your investments. Let's start this article off a little bit. It's pretty instructive for the radio. It says, since the financial crisis sent U.S. stocks to a 13-year low in March of 2009, the market has staged its biggest two-year bull run since the Great Depression. 
The rally has persisted despite high unemployment, the European debt crisis, and a devastating oil spill. Even popular uprisings across the Arab world, which sent oil prices higher, and Japan's earthquake and tsunami on March 11th, which led to the threat of a nuclear meltdown, couldn't stop it. After dropping 4% over the course of three days, the market recovered. By the end of business on March 21st, the Standard & Poor's 500 stock index was up 3% for 2011 and 27% since July 2nd of, I guess, I believe, of the prior year. For investors, the whole episode seemed to verify Vanguard founder Jack Bogle's maxim, don't just do something, stand there. Markets move up, down, and sideways, and it's usually useless to try to gauge the day-to-day meaning of it all. Individual investors often, quote, react on fear, panic, and panic out of the market at wrong times and always miss the market swing back up, end quote, says Joshua A. Shanker, a wealth manager at Janney Montgomery Scott in Baltimore. I couldn't have said it any better. I say that all the time. People will panic out of the market, then they'll never, ever get back in. Or they get back in after the recovery has pretty much taken place. Well, yeah, I I don't remember who I was talking to, but they were talking about how gold, oh, it's up so high, and people are buying it. And it's, yeah, I mean, you're you're buying at the high yep. if you jump in now. But it's like the other guy that I was talking with that he pulled out because he just couldn't take it anymore. Right. It wasn't really a panic thing. It was just a, I just need the stress taken off of me. Well, and that's why it's another famous quote. I forget by who. I think it's Sir John Templeton or some other famous investor. And they say that a down market, a very severe down market, is when the common stock on the stock exchange is returned to its rightful owners. In other words, the people who don't panic. Those are the rightful owners. I know that I've hashed this over before, but I'm just talking plain, blunt, straight to you. We're in a we're in a position right now to where things are good. You don't hear it. From my point of view, things are good. I've been working more than two months from eight to eight. Pretty much six, almost seven days a week. That's some pretty long hours. Usually you wouldn't think a guy like me would be putting in that many hours. I probably sound halfway lazy on the air and so on. But I have to tell you, you've got to make hay while the sun shines. The good deals exist now. Do I think there's going to be as many good deals two years from now? Heck no. Why won't there be? Not because the economy's going to hell in a handbasket. It's because the prices will go up. And my good deals will evaporate. So that's why I am so bloody busy. Here's another part of this article. The resilience of U.S. shares is a testament to both the health of the global economy and the merits of disciplined investing. Here's another quote. If someone had told me that the U.S. was invading Libya, you have uprisings throughout the Middle East, the price of oil itself was over $102 a barrel. There was major dis- devastation in Japan and an unstable nuclear situation. There is no way I would have said the S&P 500 would be up for the year. End quote, says Schenker. That's even a guy in my industry. I've got to tell you the same thing. I've been doing it for 21 years. You add up all of those negative events that we can't see happen, we can't foretell, and somebody says, in spite of all that, we're still going to be in positive territory for the year. But yet we are. 
That's the fact. It's not that I'm predicting it. It's what's happening as we speak. Don't you think that that's pretty powerful? And again, that's what's wrong with the world right now. Everybody is so pessimistic. This article was really, really quite on point. Let me let me bring up a couple other things. While the market has almost doubled since its 2009 lows, investors have seemed wary of stocks. They have added a net $582 billion to bond funds and withdrawn a net $117 billion from U.S. stock funds, according to the Investment Company Institute. And that's as of March 23rd. So we have had the market go up pretty much straight for 2.5, 2.4 years in a row now. The individual investor is still pulling money out of the stock investments and putting it into bond funds, even as we have gone through the trough on the graph and have started back up the other side. Well, when you hear it on the news, it's, oh, but it dropped down two points. You never hear, you know, I mean, you hear, yeah, it went up, but not as much as you hear when it goes down. When it goes down, that is one of the top three news stories you're going to hear. When it goes up, you're going to get a blip about it once an hour, and then they go on to something else. That's why it's incredibly difficult for me to prepare for these weekly shows exactly now, because I don't want to give away the store. I don't want to tell everybody what I'm buying out there. It's none of their business unless you're a client of mine. What are you, a cop? Yeah. Number <laughs> number two, look it. People don't realize things are decent. There's no – the uh, the media really is only chugging away if things are going straight up or things are going to hell in a handbasket. Okay. Things have gone straight up since March of 2009, so even the media hasn't been pumping that like crazy. They don't want to get on that bandwagon because they're they're literally afraid of leading a group of people off a cliff and them not reading their newspaper or their magazine anymore. So the media really doesn't have a good time. They They will pump the hell out of things when you've got people calling for the end of the economic world. And they'll also pump the hell out of things when the market is at all-time highs, when you've got just the engine of greed going. What does the media do in between those two times? They give you nothing like they're doing right now. CNBC, Forbes, Business Week, Fortune Magazine, they are spinning their wheels. Unless you can get a pretty good expose-type article about a company or a CEO there's nothing to write about, or they. there's tons to write about, but they're not finding it. And why? Because it's the boring stuff. It's reality, what it is right now. It's not the, it's not the fanciful proposal that we're going to hit economic Armageddon, and it's not also not the fanciful proposal that we're going to double our money in a year. So we're away from those two ends of the barbell. We're in the center. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to sell magazines. They don't know how to sell airtime. They're basically screwed. And it is the boring part. Right. We're you, at the, how long can you write about boring stuff? You did this show. Sometimes right. I fade out. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> but I have to tell you, right exactly now is the time 
for you to be taking action. Calculated, forward, optimistic action. If you're not, you are going to get left in the dust. I absolutely guarantee it. So, I'm Mike Wren. This is the show Smart Investing. Why don't you give us a call? 509-241-5900. We've got a couple commercials to run here. We'll be right back after those said commercials. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Wren. You know those shows that say don't try this at home? This is one of them. This is Smart Investing with Michael J. Red. I'm all about having fun. You know, get a couple of cocktails in me, start a fire in someone's kitchen. Okay, we're back with the show Smart Investing. I'm Mike Wren, your host. So what am I trying to do on this show today? I'm trying to get you ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Or even in the curve. Just not darn well behind it by a year or more. Or two years. Or three years. Even Fox News is getting rid of Glenn Beck on TV. Even Fox News is getting rid of Glenn Beck on TV. Is that a bad thing? No. Is it a good thing? Probably not. It's neither or. It's just a fact. The fact is, when you have a doomsayer and the doom doesn't come, it gets kind of boring. And it's hard for Fox News to make money. Well, there was other shows and. uh... I can't remember which one now. It's He's still the on the radio. He's yeah. still on the radio. But yeah. no, there was another show with, the, with some other host where it, I think it lasted like a week and nobody was watching. I mean, they hyped the crud out of this thing and then no one was watching. It's just a, they've got to shake the eight ball. They don't know what people are watching anymore because news, you know, with the exception of you know, earthquakes and stuff. But it, with, the world didn't really end. not a whole lot going on. They don't know what to report and who's watching what. They didn't. The world's not ending. So what do they do? <laughs> there was a there was a great article uh, someone showed me about uh, there was a, a cult back in the seventies that were predicting the end of the world. And, and so ended. this this psychiatrist came and he stayed with them and it was really interesting. It's like it's if you can go on the web, search for uh, why we don't believe in science. <laughs> and this guy stayed with them. And then when the when the end came, nothing happened. He watched them how they how they tried to absorb it and then turned it into a positive thing because then they started going well we saved the world because the aliens saw that we grouped together and it's just it's fascinating how you can kind of do that but yeah it's, the end of the world's not really unless twenty twelve that's when it's going to end everybody knows that <laughs> I mean I canceled all my magazine subscriptions because I'm not paying extra if the world's gone that is a good point hmm just make sure. <laughs> 2012 guns, cancel all your subscriptions. Don't make them charge you more. I'm trying to get you ahead of the curve, you the listener. Telephone number here to the studio, 509-241-5900. What do I mean by ahead of the curve? Well, when you finally are comfortable with equity investments again, the easy money will have been gone. Okay, It will already be up. The reason that you'll feel comfortable is because the media will be talking favorably about it. Your neighbor will be talking favorably about it. That's the wrong time. You've got to think ahead. You're going to get older each and every year, so you better do something. 
Okay, You're going to age no matter what. The retirement years are going to come to you no matter what. Your kids are going to get older, and some of them will want to actually attend college no matter what. The chronological spin of the earth is going to happen regardless of what you do. So you better have some sort of a plan. And if your plan is based on emotion, it's not going to get you there because your emotion is always going to be a day late, a year late, and more than a dollar short. If you look forward, what's so bad? If you think the world's ending or the U.S. economy is ending, turn off the show because it's not going to be constructive to you. I'm not going to try to convince you that that's what's different about this show. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm not trying to sell a CD. I'm not trying to sell a podcast or any some or I'm not a spokesperson for anybody except pretty much common sense. So I'm telling and, and Dick's hamburgers, right? <laughs> And Blue Ox Coffee. So what I'm telling you is that if I'm not going to spend my time trying to reassure you that your world isn't going to end, if you are actually that far gone, there's nothing that I could tell you to bring you back anyway. You'll have to come back on your own if you come back at all. And you'll believe it. And then when you know New Year's comes and it's 2013 and you're going, ah, crap. <laughs> We have shows you can download and listen to later. Okay. So. And let's say that day that you finally are so pessimistic now that you think that the United States economy is going to end, but someday, three, four, five years from now, when you finally capitulate and you say, well, I think it's time for me to start investing again, the only thing that I would like you to do is call this show because that is a sell signal from the heavens above. When somebody that pessimistic all of a sudden decides that it's time for them to invest in stocks, that's the time I run for the bloody exit. <laughs> when you get the little old lady from St. John, Washington, that wants to call and talk about new emerging markets funds, that's the time that I want to sell every emerging markets fund in my portfolio. Do you get what I'm saying? You've got to be ahead of the curve, and I care, or else I wouldn't be doing the show. Does the show help my practice? Yeah. Does it help the individual investors that work with me? Yeah. It's a win-win scenario. We're that that's what's nice is you can tell that we're not we're not being sensational. We're being the opposite. We're being commonsensical. Yeah, we are not sensational. <laughs> right. We should get shirts that say that. <laughs> Smart investing, not sensational. <laughs> I think you might have hit on something. That's a that might good one. that might be our new quote. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come back from this long break, I am going to talk about the bond markets. I'm going to talk about this book called The Big Secret for the Small Investor by Joel Greenblatt. And we might, if we get any callers, we'll might we might take some questions. Telephone number here to the studio is 509 you can find us on the web at smartinvestingshow.com. And you can call me at my office. The office is Wren Investment Management, spelled W-R-E-N. Telephone number to my office is 509-747-5181. If you're long distance, it's 888-747-5181. Like I said, this book from Joel Greenblatt, we'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at some of the bond markets. Uh, basically a, another article that I'll be looking at. We should also remind people that on smartinvestingshow.com there's a list of books that you would like people to read 
we'll yeah. at least give a little look at. Yeah, so we'll add this book to that list. Okay, so again, Mike Wren, telephone number here to the studio, 509-241-5900. We'll be right back. Any opinions expressed here are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are correct only on the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Security financial instruments or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from any investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.